Big gave him a bump, beat out in front, the big save by Leonard. Closing to his right, Puck goes around behind the goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Colasar again down low, right side he shoots, not down, Theodore fires, and he scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You can tell that uh, Wallace is on assignment today as we are seven minutes uh, into the hour and we're just starting off hour number two. <laughs> Completely blew through the clock uh, in radio lingo and are trying to try and recover in the next uh, little bit. Darren Millard along with the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick. Uh, we are located inside Studio 31 at City National Arena back at Fox Sports Las Vegas and the Lotus Broadcast Control. The Finley Chevrolet Studio is Chris Chapman and we want to get into our ratings for last night's game against the Anaheim Ducks, a 6-5 loss for the Vegas Golden Knights, suffering their first back-to-back defeats since games four and five of the season. We'll uh, do a deeper dig into uh, what transpired and then a look ahead to tomorrow night's contest against the Arizona Coyotes. I've already penciled that one in as a win (laughs) in my book. Uh, That is also a Hulu game, ESPN Plus game. Uh, so the same story, uh, you have to be a Hulu subscriber or you have to subscribe to uh, ESPN Plus to be able to watch that game. It's uh, available nationally, it's available uh, digitally, and unfortunately it won't be able to be viewed on your regular uh, channel, AT&T Sportsnet. So give you the heads up on that so when you start to look for the game tomorrow night, or you can just listen to Fox Sports Las Vegas and the uh, the uh, uh, Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Uh, well, we have a minute, uh, great timing to have... McCormick in. Uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods out in Henderson? Yeah, so it was uh, announced earlier today that the uh, game tomorrow night in Bakersfield uh, has been canceled due to COVID protocols, which is the reason I'm able to sit here. Otherwise, I would be on a bus to Bakersfield. Uh, so COVID protocols impacting the uh, the Silver Knights, but there's also been COVID protocols impacting Bakersfield. They had their game postponed uh, last night, and uh, I think there's I think there's six teams now in the East that are dealing with it now. So. Uh, for the Silver Knights, at least it's a, a obviously you're concerned for everyone's health that everyone is all right, but but logistically, logistically, it's a good week to have to contend with a problem like this because the game tomorrow was going to be the only game they had until the following Friday. So oh, really? there's a th- lull in the schedule. Twelve a 12-day stretch of one hockey game. So for the sake of rescheduling, that'll be easier when they get to it. But uh, hoping to be back on track uh, in the very near future. Does the American Hockey League? Uh, announce which players or, or certain players they don't just they, they, they'll they'll say the team that's uh, impacted but they won't uh, identify individuals uh give me an idea of where you guys are at uh, right now during the course of your season well so the uh, yeah the silver knights are middle of the pack in the in the pacific uh and finding a way getting some players back obviously with lecision and ron Bjerg and cotter all coming back into the fold ben jones uh sunday's win over iowa was one of the best comebacks i've ever witnessed in in person uh, they scored three goals in a minute 38 to turn a 5-3 deficit into a 6-5 win. They brought it even further. They were down 5-2, scored four goals in uh, about eight minutes. And uh, scoring in that stretch, Ben Jones, Jonas Rombjerg had two that day, and Jake LeCision. So the guys who came back who needed to make an impact did so. Logan Thompson has gotten back to what he was last year, which already this year he was playing well. He just wasn't you playing. Call a, him like video game. That's what I was gonna say. He wasn't Logan. playing a video game numbers like he was last year. Now it's back to you know, a nine thirty save percentage over the last eight games or whatnot. It's it's back to for Logan Thompson. What I 
like the term is saves with swagger. Mm-hmm. It's not just making the saves you're supposed to make. It's making the saves, and then the guy across the way is looking up at the ceiling like, what do I have to do to beat this guy tonight? And that's what we saw from Thompson all last year was teams, you could tell the way they were approaching things in the offensive zone. Two might have to be enough tonight to win. Uh, and that's the Logan Thompson we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and he gave up five to Iowa on Sunday, but he made 44 <laughs> saves in the process. It was it was a deluge. So um, a team that's getting back to full strength uh, slowly, and, of course, the VGK getting back to health is, is a big reason why. Have you seen anybody take off since they've been uh, put back in the American League after getting the, the big – Opportunity in the NHL with the with the Vegas Golden. You know, interestingly, it's been it's been guys taking off around that. Oh, you know, so you had Paul Cotter had goals in like uh, two straight games. Got called up to VGK, scored two goals in six games. Came back, scored a couple more. So I, I think he had a three game or a four game goal scoring streak at, at one point in the last two weeks at the AHL level. Uh, ben Jones scored two goals in the AHL. Got called up, got his uh, VGK stint. Came back, he scored two more. He's got f- goals in four of his last five. So I think it's more along the lines of. With expanded opportunity, guys who are playing well, rewarded, given a chance to come up, make their NHL debut, get some ice time with the VGK. And then when they came back, uh, talking to Jake LeCision earlier today, he said, well, the thing they told me to do was to come down and be a leader. And, you know, it's it's now a, a heightened expectation of like, okay, last year Jake LeCision be a 200-foot player, be a good defensive player, be a good penalty killer. He was all of those things. But now you can almost see that he expects it of himself. Like, no, you know what, if we need a goal this year, I'm one of the guys, you know, maybe I'm not the first guy you go to, but I'm in the first handful. Uh, and guys like himself and Ron Bjerg and their limited AHL ex- uh, ice time this year have been, you know, top six guys like they need to be. So I, I think guys who have come back from Vegas, you definitely see there's there's a little bit more jump and heightened expectation. Paul Cotter definitely falls into that category too. Paul Cotter expects to score goals now. And that's what he was in juniors in college too, just not in the pro level to this point. But I think once you score, he put up huge numbers. He didn't, but he he was but a skilled guy. He's so skilled. Like yes, and shootouts. And um, my goodness. And he's shooting. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it too. He's shooting from everywhere now. So I think you know you hope that guys when they get a chance at the NHL level that they bring the benefits back to them because they they want to get called up again. That's been the case. Everyone's come back better. I've never watched a player or been around a player who works on their shootout game. More than Paul Cotter, he was the like, doesn't waste what doesn't waste one opportunity with the puck and a stick to be dipsy doodling. I wish I remember what the number was because it was high video game number. But like the first thing that we talked about when I met him, it was it was like his icebreaker, like ah, you know, career shootout percentage of you know sixty <laughs> something. It's like oh, yeah, I'm Brian. Yeah. <laughs> he's he takes a lot of pride in that to, to the point that when we were in San Jose last year. Uh, he said, oh, I played in this building when I was in peewees or midgets or, or something, you know, some sort of a tournament. I scored a shootout goal here. It was awesome. He found it on his phone or his mother sent it to him. He showed it to me. And then he had a shootout attempt that very night because it was a morning skate that we had this conversation. Tried the same move? He, I don't know if he tried the same move because it rolled off his stick and into the corner. Oh. But he was devastated for the next two days. That's So he takes a lot of pride in that. So who's, who's the most f- – I, I want to get to this whole uh, – Chapeau, and the fedora story that uh, that came up uh, during the course. Uh, it was Paul Cotter, right, uh, Chapman, that wore the fedora. Yes, to, yes, it was. Yeah, to his uh, to his first NHL game. Now, uh-huh. it was, I've seen that in the airport. <laughs> okay, we we have never seen it. We we didn't have the cameras down there uh, when he when he went in. But uh, Jake said that he was with Paul when he bought the hat, and Jake wasn't going to like go down that road. He said, "I I don't have that game yeah. uh, to be able to to pull on the fedora." 
but uh, but you've you've actually seen the mysterious fedora. I mean, I've seen him wear hats like that, or like the uh, how we call those. It's not Irish. The hat that Samuel L. Jackson wears backwards mm-hmm. but forwards. Paperboy hats. Thank you. He's worn those. Sven Berchi, I think, has a couple of those mm-hmm. too. So he's he's got a strong hat game on the road. When he's dressed to the nines, it comes with a hat. He accessorizes. Um, I asked him if I should try that. I shouldn't apparently. No, no. Um, but yeah, he's he's got a little touch of dapper to him. And Ben Ben's a sharp dressed guy too. Like they they've got. I like that part. The the first thing I texted Ben Jones after he had his uh, his debut, he had his rookie lap. Mm-hmm. And I said the hair looks fantastic for the rookie lap. Uh, that's uh, when I see Jonesy. Just he's got like that, like kind of like a boyish comb over kind of thing. He's yeah. got good hair. He should avoid the hat game, but it's not because he can't pull off hats. He's got good hair. Right. That's how I assess that. <laughs> hats aren't for everybody. It's not because you don't look good in hats. Sometimes you're just you're stronger without it. Uh, let's get into the rating of last night's game. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper. All right, they want the pepper. It's a rating of one, two, three, four, five, but we do it uh, by rating peppers. Uh, bell pepper is number one. Jalapeno is number two. Habanero is number three out of five. Ghost peppers four out of five. And if it's a, uh, a great night all the way around and uh, you can't say anything wrong, a Carolina Reaper is a five out of five. Chris Chapman, uh, what's your opinion on last night's 6-5 loss uh, to the Anaheim Ducks but featured a whole bunch of good? Yeah, I don't know what to make of it, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, it was... The, the the first period was kind of goofy. The second period, there were a ton of goals. Third period was goofy again. Like, I I, I don't know if I, and, and I mean, here we go again, right? I'm going to get ragged on for, for saying it, but I don't know if I've ever seen a team score two shorthanded goals and two power play goals in a game and lose on an empty net shorthanded goal. <laughs> so I, I feel pretty confident saying that that hasn't happened a whole lot in the history of the game. That being said, I, I didn't think there was a ton of bad, but I didn't think there was a ton of good. So I'm going to go right in the middle with Habanero. I think that's a fair assessment of last night's game. Well, that's not bad. I, I don't think you're too far off there. No. It was, it was a, if you can separate the result from the entertainment and then there's some positives on the, the offensive side, I think you might be able to squib it uh, a little bit higher. Where are you, McCormick? I would see. I, I don't have a frame of reference of what what's achieved a four or a five before. What was four ghost oh, pepper? I give, I give away fives like they're nickels. Okay, so yeah, Halloween candy. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. Darren is the guy who who shows up. He you show up at his house on Halloween. He's giving you the whole candy bar. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe what's your address? Like a three packs. I still I, I still trick or treat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's. Uh, so, I saw you from the other side of the street. I was investigating a possible uh, speeding ticket situation. I was, I was just doing my reconnaissance. Yeah, just, just don't take pictures in school zones, okay? <laughs> so, I was feeling four, which is ghost yeah. pepper. Is that right? Yes. Thank you. All right. So I'm feeling ghost pepperish about it because I'll factor in two two factors. One, as as uh, Chapman has very well alluded to, the goofiness factor raises it up, and then I guess this ties in the fun factor. Last night, to me, kind of felt a little bit of why I love the World Juniors, where you've got the best offensive young players in the world, and you've got guys who one day will be the best defensive players as well, but they're not there yet. The yes. defenseman needs four more years to develop, and you just got a lot of run-and-gun Wild still West. thinking they're offensive guys. Yes. yes. So you just got a lot of up-and-down run-and-gun Wild West, which for parts of last night was that, but also, and again, goaltenders don't love this. Coaches probably don't love this. Last night was one of those nights where – and I was watching this as I was sitting. I was actually at a, at a restaurant. I was just looking over my wife's shoulder. She didn't appreciate that, but I was, you know, priorities, watching the game. And 
every time I looked up, there's she a goal. watching the game on, on her TV. Exactly, yes. <laughs> I'm not interesting. Yeah. Every time I looked up, though, there's a goal celebration. Yeah. Last night was one of those nights where it just felt like every single shot had a chance to go in, and enough of them did. So for that, I give it four ghost pepper spiciness of fun, wide open. You don't get games like that that often. Enjoy for what it is. Yeah, match the most goals in a game this season for the Vegas Golden Knights with yeah. 11. So they uh, had that going for it. They won the other one 7-4 against the Vancouver Canucks. Ninth straight game that the Golden Knights have been involved in a contest in which there was a 2 nothing lead by a team uh, off the start. Uh, Vegas has been some of those, uh, but the uh, the winning team is now six and the uh, team that takes the two nothing lead is now six and three mm. over over those uh, nine games. So there's a lot going into it. That the two shorties, the two power play goals, uh, the the Golden Knights uh, showing some resolve in the third period. Uh, I, I was having arrow a three out of five uh, with with the fun, but ha- having Mark Stone come back and play and contribute, you you get your shoulder banged up or upper body banged up, whatever it is. It looked like a shoulder, if I can yeah. uh, dive into it and, and speculate a little bit, uh, with some sense of uh, education on the way he felt. So he, such a weird way to fall, too. Oh, I know. I think he was half saying to the ref, like, that's a penalty, and then... <laughs> and corkscrew himself around. Him <laughs> in the end, and then it was the torque that went that right in. But having him come back, and not just come back, but take a couple of bumps in his first shift back. He got into it with uh, with Manson. And later, be in front of that when Max Pacioretty's shooting. Mm-hmm. Going to the front of that, and not just standing there, but doing that flash screen, where when you're doing a flash screen, you, you can't like jump one way or the other uh, out of the way. You're, you're going, and if Max decides to shoot to the short side, you're taking it. And maybe they've worked on it, and, and Max talked last, last year, like, you got to trust me, I, I won't hit you. Or also, if you're tender, too, the defenseman standing in front is going to put his shoulder into yeah. you, too. So there's a whole lot that can go wrong there. It's a high collision space. <laughs> but he did that, which tells me that it, it, it it's positive. I don't know whether he's going to play tomorrow night. I don't know what the status is uh, after you, you sleep on, on the wing like that. But uh, I'll, go, I'll go Ghost Pepper 4 to 5 based on the entertainment side of it, and then you add in Mark Stone coming back because there is uh, some uh, quietness in here at Studio 31 when Gary and I and Ron uh, was, uh, was our uh, audio-video uh, technician last night when Mark went down. Mm-hmm. Just like, whoa. So, I mean, he's been back for a couple of weeks now, but yeah. we, you know what a gaping chasm it is when he's not available and then last night was scary when you saw him getting up as okay are you going back into that again we could also probably give a little more love than we have so far too like you talked about the the max patch ready shooting gallery he's been back for a few games now but he looked he looked like a guy who wanted the power play to run through him and it was and that's you know you missed him for a a long time too and just how significant it is to have him back as a a regular rotation piece the the speed and the like that's a heavy hard shot yeah and there's a difference whether it's spin of the puck or velocity, whatever. But there's a difference between uh, a f- quick shot and a heavy, hard shot. And he's got he's got it all. Like it gets there in a hurry, and it's heavy. It'll leave a mark. It'll it'll nick you, uh, and you'll be feeling it if you get touched by that. But there there's some guys in the league that even when the goalie knows where it's going, they can still get beat. Yeah, Patrick is one of those guys. It's just flat out, like he's got one of the great releases in the game. And to see him just get the puck back and 
teed up again. Get the puck back and teed up. I was giggling while it's watching like sh- it. shooting angry. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is going on? Like eventually, and then finally, uh, finally went in. So that that's another bit of positive to, positiveness out, out of that last night's game. Yeah, For kind sure. of a kind of a goofy thing to come out of last night. I mean, we've we've kind of mentioned that it was a goofy game. This is where I wish we had like a stats department to look up these these kind of off the off the cuff stats. But Matthias Yanmark had a shorthanded goal and an assist on an, on a shorthanded goal. I'd just be curious to see how many times in the history of the NHL a guy has had an assist on a shorthanded goal and a shorthanded goal in the same game. In fact, they were on back-to-back goals, which is even more ridiculous when you think about it. It's happened a few times because uh, you probably weren't alive, but the 80s happened. <laughs> I, I I was alive, but I didn't have satellite television, so <laughs> I, I was stuck with the Devils on Sports Channel and the Rangers on MSG. Oh, were you were you going Chico or Chris Terreri or who was your guy back oh, then? Chris Terreri was well. Chris Terreri, Sean Burke, and, and I yeah. love seeing Sean Burke when he's at T-Mobile Arena because I always think about those those, those my my you early don't bug years. Him, do you? No, no. But he started talking to me one night. I think he thought I was someone else. Yeah. Was he bugging you? No. Oh, never. Do you never. want me to talk <laughs> no. to him for you? Yeah, I mean, I'd be cool. You hey, know, maybe maybe like go easy on the uh, on the Chapman guy. <laughs> well, he's got he's got a job to the, do. Up the, there. the problem is the only time he really ever sees me is when I'm loading up on the chocolate malted balls at the uh, at the little snack stands. Okay, so. <laughs> can we can we just spend two seconds on that? There's snacks up at uh, at T-Mobile Arena. I go up there after the pregame show, grab a coffee and a couple of snacks. You deserve it. Down. Yeah, <laughs> Chapman. Like and there's little spoons that you you scoop up the M and M's or the gummy bears or the, the chips or whatever. Chapman like, and then they've got these the whoppers. Do you remember whoppers? I remember yeah, whoppers. Yeah. They're, they're like whoppers. Yeah. Uh, in the bowl, Chapman like tips over the whopper bowl to make sure he gets it into his little bag, and he uses the popcorn bag for for the for the yes. instead of and the spoons the, just slowing him down. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's it's in the way, and and the worst part is if I don't finish them at the end of the night, they're going in my 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 computer bag and coming home with me. Oh, I know. Yeah, and there's there's not a doubt about that. <laughs> uh, like, you would be like a, a machine at about twelve uh, thirty, uh, walking into the hotel, looking at uh, some of the the room service trays like you're you're the guy that's like kicking kicking one oh, tray over like, no, oh no 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 hey, i i, I learned is there half a <laughs> left there i learned my lesson about hotel hotel snack bars when i i i was i think i was in like new york city and i i took like a bottle of of water and it was like ten dollars and i'm like Oh, no, 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 I'm I'm saying you're walking down the hall and you see the the somebody, leftover tray. The leftover tray. <laughs> she didn't even finish this wine. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not that guy. Listen, I'm not. A, I'm not a picker. I. I really. You've never taken a fry or two. Not, See, I, not, a not from, nachos? No, what I'm getting from, no, no. I, what I'm getting from this is that Chapman is a straight from the source kind of guy. Like yeah, I would picture yeah, him going yeah. into Carvel and sticking his head under the soft serve <laughs> nozzle. That's that's what I oh, envision. Yeah. Listen, listen. I I worked at a frozen yogurt place when I was in high school, and you better believe that that happened. They went out of business, didn't they? <laughs> you know what? They they actually are long gone. Yes. <laughs> Did you have to pay by the the cup then? Or no, was no. This was this was there? back in the the mid '90s. There was none yeah. of that pay by the weight stuff, and and it was on the Jersey Shore. So it was it was one of those like tourist trap places where they charge you like eight bucks for like a small Sunday, but people from the north north like North Jersey and New York would come down and they would just totally just throw money. Oh, okay, ten dollars for for a medium? Sure, I only get We're one on vacation. Topping. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You ever stay in a hotel where where the 
the mini bars based on weight, and if you have it, if you lift it off the shelf for longer than thirty seconds. Oh yeah, if you move something, they charge you. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been there a couple of times. <laughs> I wouldn't do well with that. Like no, and, at, and looking at it, and then you're like, mm, put it back, and it's already on your bill. Because I'm the <laughs> guy who who I like to go to the convenience store and pick up a couple bottles of water. To put Where, them in, in the, the hotel? Yes, yeah. And well, I'll, that's I'll, cheap. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I learned my, I told you, I paid $10 for, for like a bottle of Aquafina in New York City, and I learned my lesson. So I bring my own from 7-Eleven uh, or wherever, and if you move it, sometimes you're paying for it, which is insane. News and notes uh, coming up uh, as we continue on on uh, the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. One-timers will deal with a former Golden Knight who is on the move. Details next as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Just trying to get uh, Brian McCormick up to date on the Stuff You Should Know, SYSK uh, podcast. Now the home game. I didn't know they had a home game coming out there. It's a great podcast. Uh, I uh, encourage everybody to listen to it right after you listen to The Chirp. Uh, with Darren Pang this week uh, coming up. Uh, we, we, we spend more time talking about golf and goofiness than we do uh, about hockey, but I guarantee you Holy jumping. We have uh, an update on Jack Eichel, who skated today on his own as he is uh, doing some rehab in uh, the Carolinas, yeah. and uh, just seeing him on the ice and twirling around in full gear. How about less than a month after the ADR surgery? Yeah, and of course there's so much buildup for so long to the surgery, you know, both when he was a Sabre uh, property and now with the VGK. But, yeah, it's such a, a quick turnaround. It's, it's uh, encouraging. I believe uh, what, what TSN says, you know, the timeline still the same, but yeah. but great to see him on his uh, on his skates, and uh, that shows that the timeline is true. I'm blown away by how fast you can get up and going after a surgery like that. Like open-heart surgery, they have you walking down the hall a the next day, the ADR surgery, uh, the artificial disc replacement surgery in the neck, you're, you're walking and and getting up and doing your rehab. Now, this has been a couple of weeks. Uh, they, they've, he's been doing things, but it's really about the fusion of the bone around the artificial disc. Yeah. And that's why you don't have the contact. But uh, Jack uh, said in the studio uh, when he came through, he, he's been told that, you're going to feel great right away. You're going to want to do more things. You just have to take it slow because just can't crash and bang into people. Yeah, you can't <laughs> crank, do all that. But uh, even that, you're thinking, just a couple of weeks ago, he has the surgery and now he's he's on the ice. And before before the trade, I was aware of the the debate of, of the procedure, but I didn't read too too much into it. So once I oh it's going through great. So so what's you know laid up for a little while, and that was the first time I heard like oh no he'll he'll walk out like the next day. Yeah, that was amazing to me. And he's already skating. And, and no contest. Now, if, if, if you ever hear this, you're like, uh, I'll do ADR. Yeah. Uh, and not have limited uh, range of motion. Other Absolutely. Vegas Golden Knights uh, news. We have uh, the signing of Zach Dean. I was trying to pause for Chapman because he told me to pause, and then so I, I just gave it a little <laughs> yeah, bit Yeah, well, well uh, the, the, the pause was... I know Golden it was. Awkward. I heard him ask for pause. Yeah. I know it was awkward. Yeah. So I tried to. I tried to couch it uh, a little bit. I'll try and do. Let's try it again. Okay. Okay. That's the story on Jack Eichel. He scores. Now the Golden Knights have signed one of their top uh, draft picks from this year. Zach Dean has uh, signed his three-year entry-level contract. Uh, he's currently playing for Gatineau Olympic, uh, the QMJHL. Uh, he is, uh, of course, the uh, 18-year-old forward who. Uh, 
played some some good hockey for Gatineau, but also is uh, expected to be a pretty important player for Team Canada, the World Junior Championship. And you know, it's we had uh, when you and I got to do nighttime at noon last week, and we were talking to Will Nickel, who's yeah. the director of player development, and he said, "I just saw Zach, who the first two months of the season was was rehabbing, coming back from injury." Uh, and Will saw his first three games back in action and said he looks unbelievable. He hasn't missed a beat. So uh, clearly everyone in the uh, the brass agrees because he's had a, a great two weeks with Gatineau. He played uh, seven games so far with the Olympic after being hurt, I believe, at training camp. Uh, yep. Yeah, he was he was at the rookie tournament. Mm -hmm. He was in training camp and then spent the last the majority of the last month and a half uh, rehabbing. Uh, I think I think it was lower body, I believe. You're not going to see him with the Golden Knights this year, but uh, it was great news that he uh, signs his uh, three-year entry-level contract and uh, watch it and uh, wait for it at the World Junior Championship. Uh, a couple of Golden Knights uh, invited to Team Canada's camp. Yeah, Dean's going to camp, and uh, Lucas Cormier is going back for the second straight year, and he's been lighting it up, uh, putting up points on the back end for Charlottetown with the Islanders. So... Uh, the World Juniors is always so much fun, but it's even more fun when you have a couple of uh, rooting interests to, to really hone in on. And, uh, and you know, Team Canada is going to be stacked like they always are. Have you been to any of these, like you hear all these towns, these cities uh, in major junior hockey? No. You know, I've, I've, I've spent minimal time in, in uh, Canada. In the East. When I was a kid, I used to go to a hockey camp in Toronto, so I would go to Minis uh, Mississauga. Hmm. I've, I've been to. So a, a couple, but not nearly enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chapman's not allowed into Canada. That's why he hasn't gone. What did he, what did he do to Canada? I, I, I banned him. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. 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 I put up the... Uh, Friends in high places. Wall at the, uh, <laughs> well, at the border. He, he, he thinks so until he, he messages Trudeau and Trudeau laughs at him. Uh, Trudeau and I are not on speaking terms right now. Uh, Charlottetown is great. That's where I have my cottage. Uh, we, we summer uh, up there. That's our only Canadian residence on Prince Edward Island. It's yeah. God's country. And Gatineau is just on the other side of the river from Ottawa. So it's basically on the Ontario uh, border okay. of, of Quebec. I've also been to Erie, Pennsylvania. Hmm. I'm sorry. Erie yeah, yeah, it, it does not fit. <laughs> Nobody has a summer home in Erie, Pennsylvania. Nope. Um, we have uh, other news to tell you about from a former Vegas Golden Knight. He scores! <laughs> Malcolm Subban. See, I, I think we're really clicking. It's a delay. See, I'm, I, I'm, I'm expecting the pause after the story, not... You can't tell that we're in two totally different locations. Am I su am I supposed to impersonate Duva? Am I supposed to yell <laughs> he scores? Well, we'll see. It's a, it's an hey. awkward pause because he, he scores. He, he, he ends the story, then he goes right into the next one, then pauses. I'm not sure how to do all this. Well, uh, pause normally after. Normally, I just look at you and yeah. I give you a signal. Well, but pause uh, Malcolm, after after this story before you start the next one. Malcolm Subban has been dealt to the Buffalo Sabers by the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Buffalo actually got a great start. And they've been riding Dustin Tokarski, yep. who went years, though, playing in the National Hockey League. He's done a nice job for them. But Aaron Dell hasn't been very good. And Craig Anderson is hurt right now. And they don't want to play Upepeka Lukovin. Uh, am I doing that right? I think you did it just to prove you can do it no. right. <laughs> the way you looked at me was, was, was <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, I, just, I, have to, I have to untangle my eyebrows from the rafters that you got that out so clean. The, uh, they, they love him, uh, the Finnish star, but they don't want to play him in the National Hockey League right now. They'd rather him play in, in Rochester. So they acquire Malcolm Subban, who at uh, $800,000, just over $800,000, becomes the highest paid goaltender. Cap hit on on the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, it's they're a team that is obviously you know kind of going back to 
I don't want to say going back to the beginning because they've got Dylan Cousins, they've got you know yeah. Dolly, they, they've got pieces, but there's a long way to go in the rebuild, which is why again, like you said, goaltender. Hey, Macarena. Yeah. Uh, Why well, you, you don't put you don't subject him to this just because yeah. that's not going to help a young goaltender just getting uh, getting buried in rubber every single night. But yeah, they got off to a good start and then they reverted back into the uh, the, the pumpkin somewhat quickly. Uh, Subban uh, career thirty six thirty one and eight record, uh, just below a nine hundred save percentage. Uh, a lot of that with the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, yeah, it just makes sense that they get somebody else in for uh, the management the coaching staff to be able to give themselves uh, some saves uh, Malcolm is in the last year of his deal he'll be a, a unrestricted free agent going forward so uh, uh, good, good opportunity for him yeah. too he's been in Rockford and the, the numbers in Rockford haven't been sparkling either so it gives him a, a bit of a clean slate and a, a place he's gonna play he scores well done I love that uh, so the uh, the rumor mill is going on around the Vancouver Canucks and the the narrative is Shockingly, uh, not very good. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, I say that. What are they saying? Because, because Vancouver is a tough media market, and if if they're if they're writing stuff and they're talking about stuff, it's usually not not very good stuff. It's uh, like it used to be a place where like goaltenders had all kinds of trouble. The pressure that you were under yeah. uh, in there. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do right now, but uh, it does say. That it's it's so bad that the the negativity around the media and the pressure on the athletes is causing other players to say no way. Like, have you to have come you heard, to Vancouver? Yeah. Have you heard that before? Where, no. Where, where where like I know. Okay, a certain city may not be the most uh, cosmopolitan, so right. players may not want to go play there. Uh, or uh, the team may not be very good, so so players may not want to go there. Yeah, it's it's usually not a toxic reputation yeah, that keeps I've, you away. I've, and I've heard that that you're under the microscope in Montreal, so some players may not want to go there. But because the the media is negative, that's the script that's being uh, sort of passed around right now. That's a new one for me. Yeah, especially and again. Well, yeah, negative. I mean, you'd think New York, Montreal, Toronto. There's plenty of scrutinizing media markets. I've never heard of Vancouver as being they're not, they're, to that degree. It can be biting. It can be really biting, but not, I mean, go look at the mountains. I wouldn't think they're the worst. No. Yeah. yeah. I, and the I'm ironic thing that. there is, from a Vancouver perspective, especially, you know, Montreal made their sweeping changes. Like, I think Vancouver's actually been pretty patient, <laughs> all things considered, because they obviously have the talent on their roster to be doing better than they're doing. I don't know whether they get out of this month without one change either general manager or coach. Because you also assume, you know, not to, to speak out of turn, hopefully everything turns out great for everybody. But this is also a team that has so much talent, is not playing well at all. No. You're not in tear it down mode, but you're possibly in the, if we're going to be a bad team, we're going to be the sellers at the deadline that somebody wants JT Miller. Or, you know, there's a few guys that you could move while keeping with the same path you're on. And do you want the people who would be making those deals today, are they the ones you want making those deals? So do you need to make a change before you get into to market season? I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that there was, there's something that had happened behind the scenes that I'm aware of. Yeah. And I thought it was going to lead to some, some changes, not necessarily with the head coach or not necessarily with the manager. I, actually, I thought there might be a deal or two worked out. I know of this situation that, that occurred, 
and I'm really just kind of surprised that not there's been no follow from it. There was one thing I saw. It was at a practice, and it was you know a reporter live tweeting practice, and a drill got messed up like three times in a row. I think it was JT Miller said, "What are we doing? Yeah. We don't know what we're doing." And I was like, "That's that's optically tough." Yeah, but J- nothing since. JT's not shy. Yes. He's, he's not. Uh, we have uh, a story coming out of Ottawa where Matt Murray plays on waivers. Yeah. And Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and that was disgruntled. Yeah. And now now he's not very happy. Does he have a right to be disgruntled? Now he's he's placed on waivers. He's had COVID. He's been injured. He's but does he does he right have a right to be disgruntled because he's put on waivers? I don't think so. I mean, it's. It's not as though this is the first team that's kind of moved on from him, right? It, right. It's, so at a certain point when the numbers aren't good, if there's circumstances that dictate that, that's certainly unfortunate, but you've played yourself out of two starting jobs that were outright yours. And it's a team that's not very good, and, and I'm sure there's frustration that comes with that too. But, you know, there, there are other rough, struggling markets. You, you know, when John Gibson was playing on a really bad Ducks team for a couple of years, he just got better. It's, you know, there's no controversy there. Mm-hmm. Mamory just hasn't been very good for a few years, and uh, you know, two jobs that were outright his. I thought he'd be better. I thought I, last year I gave him as uh, moving teams, new goalie coach, all that kind of stuff. I thought he'd be better. Uh, so far, he hasn't. Those are your one timers for this uh, Thursday, December know, on Fox Sports, Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. What do you got, big boy? All right. Well, sometimes you ask and you shall receive. A big shout-out to uh, loyal listener, uh, Gilda Jester, who sent me this after I talked about the the Yanmark points in a game for shorthanded goals. And April 7th, 1995, guy whose kid has found himself in the news uh, the last week or so, Keith Kachuk, he had a two-goal and two assist night, all shorthanded. First goal was an assist on Nelson Emerson's goal. Nelly. He also had a goal assisted by Nelson Emerson. Nelly. Shorthanded goal. And he scored a shorthanded goal unassisted. And then he also, I believe he, where is it? He had another assist on a goal. And this one even crazier. Theo Fleury. Yeah. Back in 1991, it was the Calgary Flames taking on the St. Louis Blues. Flurry had a short-handed hat trick yeah. in the game. Two of them coming in the third period. The fun part about that game, if you remember that that night, you may remember the third period, which featured 128 minutes in penalties, including Theo Flurry getting a game misconduct late, late in the game. Came about uh, 27 seconds after his hat trick. How about that fantasy in the line? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hat-trick, shorthanded hat-trick with a 10-minute misconduct. <laughs> and that probably wasn't his only penalty minutes of the night. No, yeah, well, it uh, Let's see. Early 90s, Theo Fleury. Um, Nelson no, Emerson that, was a great that was, player. That was his only his only penalty of the night. Really? Yeah. I just like the attitude there. It's like, oh, I've scored three goals. There's nothing left to accomplish tonight. Yeah. And they just yeah. take the night off yeah. early. Yeah, well, and it came, his, his goal, his third goal came at 17.25 of the third period. And something happened after that, and from 1752 all the way to 1955 of the third period, there were about 100 minutes in penalties dished out in that game. Remember when he hit the mascot in San Jose? <laughs> I chatted with him about that one. Trying to remember. He, he, he got kicked out. He was with the Rangers, and he got kicked out, and, the, and he got into it with the mascot. 
uh, Sharky. How do you remember. get into it? I remember Craig McTavish stealing the tongue from oh, Harvey yeah, the Hound. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. He, said, uh, he said the mascot said something to me and pushed me or something. Nice. Like, seriously, it was a mascot. But the mascot's not supposed to talk, so if yeah. he breaks the, the fourth wall, you're within your rights to do whatever you have to do, I think. <laughs> I like the way you I think. I try and get them to talk. Do you guys ever do that? Yes, like yes. Around? Well, it's like the uh, the guy in uh, the, the England, when the, the, the guards, they're not supposed to smile or do oh, anything. Buckingham Palace. Yeah, Buckingham Palace. You can't. They go from Sharky to the guards of Buckingham Palace. Listen, they 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 both wear really weird looking uniforms. But you're right, Darren. Sharky has more charisma than the guards. Yeah, yes. that's true. <laughs> like those those people are doing a real service. Noble <laughs> noble job those guys have. Yeah, with their with their black hats that look like pipe cleaners. Oh, uh, we've got uh, tomorrow night Arizona against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, thanks to Brian McCormick for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Darren. Good time always. Yeah, I wish we had more time, but I got to go.